Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of the Fuck You Mentality. And today I have a pretty cool guest on who actually just launched a book that we just did a short little, you know, Instagram live um, interview. And what was really kind of cool is, of course, like reading the book is one thing, but hearing it straight out of the author's mouth is another thing. And it kind of really resonated with me because the fuck you mentality is exactly what this person um, wrote this book about and has this whole like mastermind and I, I was a part of this individual's mastermind and that's kind of what gave me the kind of like the okay to launch the fuck you mentality but without further a freaking do please introduce yourself who do I have on today Hello, hello. So good to be here. It is Julie Solomon, and I'm so happy that we're doing this um, and that I get to say hi and just get to pour into your amazing community more. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so guys, I have Julie Solomon on my freaking podcast, which is kind of like surreal, Um, but I would love for you to kind of talk about like who you are, like what's your mission statement, like why, why, why would you come on this podcast basically? Well, you know, I feel like, I mean, I have a lot of different mission statements. I guess I, I would say my mission statement for this season is get what you want. Um, as you know, Lisa, that is the title of my new book. Um, and why I want to pour into a community like yours is because what I do for a living, and this is really how you and I connected, is that I help people start, grow, and scale essentially their personal brands. The way in which I do that that is unique to me is through monetization, and really learning how to pitch yourself, how to pitch your offers, how to pitch for what it is that you want. Um, you know, whether that's writing a book, speaking on stages, getting more clients, balancing like your schedule, whatever that is, you have to learn how to advocate for yourself. And so that's really where I come from and what I do. And I have just such a passion for it. I think that it's so important. It's like the air that we breathe. It's not going away. We need it in our lives. And so we need to really learn how to do this the right way in order for our own brands to grow, our own businesses to grow, and really to get the life that we want. Mm-hmm. How did that, how did, like, what, what, what has inspired you to want to be able, like, to be on this journey? Like, what was like your, like, set off? Like, what, what got you into thinking like this, I guess? Yeah, you know, so I think that what got me into this idea of how powerful getting what you want is really just stemmed from the fact that for a very long time, I didn't think that it was possible to get what I wanted. And, you know, I I didn't think that was possible in, in my own business. But then because of my background, um, and for those that that don't know, I, I've been in this space for over 15 years. I have a double major in communications and publicity. I was a publicist in corporate and agency America for about seven years before I came onto the online space, which I've now been for seven years. And so I, I'm an expert when it comes to brand building, marketing, and PR, and I would see it all around me. I would see the possibility of being able to share your message with the world, build the business of your dreams, grow a brand that you're super proud of. I would see it happening within my clients. I would be helping them do that every single day. But the thought of it actually being able to happen in my own life was just completely obsolete. Like I kept missing that. It was like, 
you know, and I, I can imagine, you know, for people that listen to your podcast, Lisa, it's like when they just start out in, in the hair salon industry, like they know that they're an expert, they've gone to school, they maybe they've even found their niche, maybe they're great at cuts or colors or extensions, but they go in and they see either on social media or, you know, in, in the other chairs that they're surrounded by, that there are these like, these bosses in the industry, right? Like this person's known as like the go-to for extensions. This person's known as the go-to for biologs. This person's known for, as the go-to for blondes. And they just sit here and think to themselves like, man, how am I ever going to get there? Like, how am I ever going to be able to make a name for myself? Because all of these people are already doing it. They're already doing it better than anybody else is doing it. So who am I to even try? Right. And I think that's really where this came from of we have to, I mean, the worst thing that we can do is fall back to that complacency. The worst thing that we can do is to not try. The worst thing that we can do is to believe those excuses. And that was me for a very long time. I was looking out at the online landscape and I was seeing all of these incredible, you know, thought leaders and authors and artists and creatives and influencers and bloggers and content creators, just like killing it. And it made it, I had all this imposter syndrome. It made me feel like there wasn't enough space for me. And so it wasn't until I started to unlock why I felt that way and really started to create and map out a new vision for my life and to create a new blueprint for my success. Only then was I able to start becoming one of those people to really be able to start getting what I want. And I, I map a lot of it out in the book and I'm happy to kind of dive deeper into some of those now. Mm -hmm. It's, I realize I resonate with you with the whole imposter syndrome because exactly, you know, social media has kind of created this almost like a facade of, of, of people's lives that it just seems really unattainable. Um, but I will say this, that the, the, the downside to that is I feel that not everyone is so willing to kind of share about that. And so willing to talk about, you know, how did I get what I wanted, you know? Um, and it, although it is unfortunate, but I've, I've loved that I've created the fuck you mentality because at the end of the day, like, fuck you, I'm doing me. Like, I want to create the life that I've always wanted to. And I, I personally want to share that because I also understand what it, fe what it feels like to be that person that's like looking at somebody else like, damn, I really want that. But I don't really think that I'm good enough to have it because I don't have X, Y, Z. Well, who's to say that you you're not good enough for that you know who's to say like you're not like you're not worthy of having this like lifestyle that you've always dreamed of like who who has the right to tell you that exactly and, and here's the thing if we're telling ourselves that then we give other people permission to also tell us that so right. it has to begin with us it has to begin with us truly believing that we are worthy of what it is that we want that we that we have everything that we need today to be able to get there. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, and this is where you have to manage ex expectations. Someone starting out, you can't expect to be, to be comparing Top yourself. Dog. To someone, right. Who's yeah, like 10, yeah. 15 years in, but you do have to believe that today with what I have today, I'm exactly where I need to be. And I can start working towards that. And I think that that was also kind of this, when I look back on it, that was a thing that I did that was actually really self-harming and deprecating for me is that I would compare myself to people who had been doing it for 10, 15, 5, 10, 15 years and being like, why can't I launch like that? Why can't I have those clients? Why can't I do that? What's wrong with me? And it's like, nothing's wrong with you. It's just that they've been doing it 10 years longer than you have. So, you know, watch them be inspired by them, learn the way that they think, learn their strategies, but then pave your own path. And that was a huge thing for me. And I feel though, 
I feel as if now we are in a world where like, yes, like obviously you can, you, you might, you might not believe that you believe you fit in this space. Right. Cause there's just, there's so many people like there's, there's just, there's so many people at the same time, but what people fail to understand is that there is no other person that's just like you. There is no other individual that does anything exactly the way that you do, you know, to a T it might be similar, but that's the beauty in it. And, And that allows community and allows collaboration and allows like interactions like this, where I'm over here speaking to Julie Solomon, I'm a small guppy, you know, I'm, I'm newer to the industry. I've only been in social media for like three years now, you know, like officially. And, but there's no difference, you know, like there's no difference between the two, between the two of us. It's what really is the, 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 the bridge between us is that we both want to help people kind of get what they want, you know, and allow them to feel comfortable with themselves to be like that. You know, and we're still living in the same space, but you teach a totally different side of this industry that I will never understand, nor will I, you know, that's not my, like, that's not my thing. You know, my thing is, is the fucking mentality, you know, but we still live in exactly the same space. And I'm still able to, to reach out to you and say, Hey, Julie, you know, I have some questions. Like, would you love to be, would you like to be on my podcast? Let's talk about your book. Let's talk about all these things. And you're like, yeah. And it, I, it's to the whole point of like the fucking mentality is to to tell people like the community is a lot bigger than what you think it is. You just have to ask, you just have to say, Hey, I'm a little confused about this, or I really love your style. You know, how do you do X, Y, Z, or, you know, just creating those little connections because our social media is a really beautiful thing. Totally. Get what you want. Yes. And I, and I love that you say it like that because I think that our thoughts create our results. Right. And if we are looking at social media as being this horrible thing, the algorithm's out to get me, I can't grow. It's awful. It's like, all you're doing is perpetuating more of that. You know, if you like what you focus on is what you end up getting. And so I love the saying, like, focus on the good and you get more good. Focus on the things about social media that, that allow you to connect with people that allow you to grow your business. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I can imagine how many stylists listen to this podcast who have probably gotten clients off of social media, <laughs> but right. then at the same time, they're sitting here talking about how awful social media is. And it's, I think that we really have to look at the perspective of look, look what the capacity to be able to reach a global community at the click of, the, of a button has done for all of us. And so I'm not going to focus on what I can't control. I'm not going to focus on the algorithm. I'm not going to focus on the follower number. I'm not going to focus on any of that because it's, it's also convoluted nowadays anyway. So what I am going to focus on is what I can change, which is my content creation, how I'm engaging with people on and off the platform. You know, am I making sure that I'm really clear about my offer and what it is and why I'm really great at what it is that I do, like really focusing in on how can I really engage with that core ideal client and getting them to convert, which is really where the money is anyways, than getting so lost in this, like keeping score metric follower number going viral, real, you know, insanity. Mm -hmm. When I, when I shifted my mentality, like I, you know, I, I sympathize with you of like, you, you've taught these people, you've given these people, these tools, like to build success, but you aren't actually absorbing your own advice you know you're telling everybody how to run their brand but you are not actually doing what you're so you should have been doing you know um and i sympathize with that because i too i've been teaching the fucking mentality for a couple of years now 
you know, you know, do what you need to do, you know, do what's best for you, da, 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 da. but I would never do it for me. And the moment that I, I flipped the script and I finally leaned into the fucking mentality, went public with it and started talking about it. That's when everything changed, you know, like that rat race was no longer a thing. Just being on this social space and being who I want to be has attracted 10 times more people to my page and has grown me exponentially faster than trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, trying to put myself into this bubble that I thought was social media. Like I thought that's what you're supposed to do because that's what uh, kind of is portrayed nowadays. But as soon as I actually started to be authentic and true myself and, you know, not keeping up with the algorithm, algorithm and just not really caring, that's when it really started to take off, you know, and it's kind of silly because it's, uh, you know, everyone tells you, you know, follow along all these things like that. Really? You just do what you want, you know, do what you want, exactly. do what you want, you know, it's, it's totally true. And I think that why that's so hard for people is people don't know who they are. They're right. so focused on looking at everybody else. They're so focused in trying to be like everybody else. They're so focused on trying to fit into this box or to emulate or become what they think they need to be as to, you know, what they perceive on social media or in their industry that they don't, they don't really carve out that niche that is truly theirs. And I agree with you, Lisa, the same thing in my business and any successful person that I know is that when you finally just said, F it, I'm going to do what feels aligned for me. I'm going to do what, what feels true for me. That is when I think everybody's life changes because it just, it, it gives you so much freedom. It's such a relief and a release, and it allows you to be more creative and to really tap in to who you really are. And so that's why, you know, that idea of like, just be yourself and everybody hates it when people tell them that. And I get that. I hate that. I hate it too, because the reason why it always used to bother me is because I was, I didn't know who I was. So I didn't know how to be myself. And it wasn't until I, I really tapped into that, that I was able to, to just show up in a real, honest, unabashed, way without worrying about so much about what people think. Right. Would you, would you say that the, the writing of the book kind of helped you mold that path of figuring out like who you were? Oh my gosh, totally. I mean, writing the book was an incredibly cathartic experience for me. It also allowed me just to heal a lot of parts of myself that I didn't realize were still kind of keeping me stuck. A lot of past dysfunctions and, you know, perfectionism, comparison, control, people pleasing, all of those things that I think in a lot of ways I've come, I've come far, you know, from all of that, but there was stuff still there. And the other thing that this book allowed me to do is that it really allowed me to, to just appreciate and be in this present moment. I feel like that's the other thing that, I mean, I'm like Enneagram three, I'm super type A. It is very normal for me to just accomplish something, check it off the box and like go to the next thing. Like I never allow myself to really celebrate and be in the Mm -hmm. moment of like, wow, like look how far I've come. Like look, Mm -hmm. look at everything that I've done. And there's actually a really fun exercise. Anybody that's listening could do this. Make a list of everything that you now have in your life that you used to think wasn't possible. And just like, see Hmm. how like mind blown that can be for you, like personal life, business life, whatever it is, you know? And I kind of do more of that now. It's like, you know, I, 
I always wanted to write a book, but there were definitely times in my life that I didn't know if I would ever like actually do it or get the chance to do it. And now I have my own book in my hands. Like that's freaking crazy. You know, there's just Mm -hmm. a lot of things like that, that I think that the more that we really give ourselves credit for how far we've come and really take in those moments where we that we feel good about, about ourselves. It's like, wow, you know, I've been able to make X amount of money or now, you know, I have Fridays off because I've readjusted my client schedule. So, you know, but I, but I'm not losing money doing it. You know, I've just refocused my day. So I have more time to do what I love, or now I'm making, you know, this kind of money or I own my salon and I have great people in the seats and now I can travel more, like whatever that is for people. I just mm-hmm. think that really honoring where we are and and allowing ourselves to celebrate that is super important. I too, in in Enneagram three, um, and I, I struggle with that as well. You know, you just, you just keep going. You don't, you don't know how to be proud essentially because it's, it's an expectation that you set with yourself because well, no shit, no, duh, I'm going to do that. No, you know, of course I'm going to get that done. Like it's expected of myself. Like nobody else is doing it to me. It's just doing it to myself, you know? Um, so I, I really resonate with that because ultimately by not taking the, the, you know, the step back and to look at all your successes, to look at, you know, all the things that you've, you've gotten, you burn out because at, yes. at some point you, you see it all and you're like, well, what's next? And mm. it's like, it's not what's next. You need to appreciate like what you've done. You know, right. it, it's this, it's this, you, what, like, what was the journey? You know, how did you get here? You know, you, okay, you busted your ass to get there, but now what, you know? And I, I personally re- reached that like, now what moment, um, right before I joined the mastermind, because I, I had completed all my goals. Okay. I did everything. All right. Now what, now what do I do? You know, <laughs> kind of like twiddling my thumbs, like looking at all my accomplishments, like, okay, like they're kind of cool, but you know, taking the mastermind kind of allowed me to slow down. And mm-hmm. a lot, of, a lot of things in the mastermind, I already knew, but I didn't, I didn't actually take the time to absorb the knowledge when I was learning it, you know, prior to the mastermind, I just was like, Oh yeah, I already know that. Cool. Move on. You know, so right. it kind of forced me to slow down and to really take a, take, you know, take a step back and appreciate all the things that I have learned and are continuing to learn. And has now helped me now, you know, creating that work-life balance and creating those boundaries and just creating the life that I've always wanted. But I have to celebrate every single little step as I go, as I do that. Yeah. It's, it's so important. And, and just even having the awareness of that, I think is super key. Mm -hmm. Now you said that writing the book is really cathartic. What, like, what, how do I word this? Was it like oh, an awakening with writing this book, uh, get what you want, you know, was, was get what you want, like something, was it like the internal, like, I don't say trauma, but like the internal, like conflict kind of coming out finally. And you're, you know, you're kind of using this to, to propel other people. Yeah. You know, I think that by writing it, I mean, I've done so much therapy and so much work on myself over the years. And so I, I think I, I got into the other side of a lot of stuff, but I think writing it out and like seeing it on paper, it allowed me to kind of view the experience or the situation from a different perspective, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. And I think that just, just the, the practice of like pouring it out, like getting it out of my thoughts, getting it out of my system, getting it out of my feelings. That's why, 
you know, everybody says it's so good to go talk to somebody because you're just, you're, you're getting it out. You're confiding, you're sharing and being able to do that in this book form. It really helped. It felt safe. It felt aligned. You know, I'm not someone that tends to do that a lot on social media because I use social media as a business building tool, not necessarily a personal vulnerable sharing tool. For me personally, there's people out there that do it very well, um, but that's just never felt aligned for me. So it felt really good to do it in in the pages and and just to share, you know, some of those kind of traumatic moments. I talk a lot about, you know, being in debt for a really long time and hiding the debt and having a lot of shame around debt and then how I got out of the debt. That was like a, a big story for me. I talk about back when I was a publicist getting fired and how I thought it was like the end of my world, but that was actually the catalyst of like me kind of starting the business that I have today. Um, the times that I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just said F it and I did it anyway. And then from that, I created programs and courses and podcasts that then like also helped pave the way of my personal brand. And so there's, there's a lot of those moments that can be triggering, but writing it out and looking back, it does, it gives you perspective of, I think of just truly trusting that everything that is happening is happening for me. And even if I, if it doesn't always go my way or I don't always get what I want in the moment, I can trust that it truly is happening for me. I, I, I firmly believe I, I just made this like cute little video on TikTok. Somebody was asking, you know, how do you, um, how do you get, how do you grieve basically a falling out with a friend? And I was explaining like, you know, everything does have a purpose, no matter if it makes sense to you now or tomorrow or 10 years from now, but everything always happens the way that it's supposed to, no matter how painful it is. Uh, pain is growth and growth is never comfortable. And that's the whole point of it. Like that's the whole design behind it. And I personally believe that, you know, like, you know, speaking to you getting fired from your publicist, publicist job, you know, there's, there's always like this, like one little attribute that you have, you have kind of done since you were a kid, right? There's, there's something that has just always been inside you that you've always done, but something else always takes the forefront. So what I mean by that is, um, I'll just, I'll use myself as an example. Cause I, I, you know, I don't really know how to explain it, but I've always loved talking. I've always loved educating. I always love like talking just to people and whatever. Um, and I've always loved hair, but I thought that just by being behind the chair and doing hair, like that was it, like the education mm-hmm. side and like the talking side and like being available on social media was kind of like dumb. So I kept doing hair. Right. And over time I would burn out and it would always fall short. Like I would just get more into being behind the chair versus kind of being who I wanted to be. Um, and that's by talking to people and, you know, creating these connections. But over time, this, this like part of me came to the forefront that has been there since I was a child, like since I was young and was like, Hey, you're really good at creating connections and being relatable and talking to people. I really, yeah. you really need to take this, you know, you really need to take this skill set that you have that you've been burying for years and you need to run with it. And so finally, you know, the podcast and, you know, just being a little bit more available on social media, like, you know, being the vulnerable, like I, I like being, I like being vulnerable on social media because that's just, you know, who I am, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But it's like those little, like when you got fired from being a publicist, I'm sure there was a little part of you 
that has always, you know, maybe helped a friend, you know, get a job or helped, um, helped a colleague write a paper that was really important. You know, I can, I could see you as this person who was an aide to other people's success, just subconsciously. You don't even realize you're doing it. Right. So you finally get fired from a publicist job and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? You know, there's that little skill set that's always been there that is like, hey, you know, you could, you could do me, you could do what I do, right. you, know, you could shade on me, you know, and so you, you finally do. And then look at your success. It's terrifying. And, you know, it, it's not an easy journey, but it's the most rewarding. And now you're in a position where you're writing this, this incredible book to help other people live that journey too. And that, that is just so, that is so awesome to me. Like I was so tickled, like when I got the book and I, I told you I was honest, like I haven't even read the full thing yet. I've only read a couple of pages, but just from the couple of pages, it, it enticed me. And I felt like, I was like, you know, I just want to talk to her. Like, of course, like I want to read the book, no shit, you know? But I was like, I, I read this and I was like, oh, I feel very, I feel very connected to her just by her being vulnerable through these couple pages. Um, and hearing your your outlook and just kind of hearing your your journey is very inspiring to me because it almost you know it validates because that's the whole point of this this channel too is to also validate like you're not the only one that has struggled with these things you know you yeah. you too have struggled with a lot of things but I know I'm just rambling um, but I do want to ask I do want to ask a couple of questions about this act about the book. Um, what are some of the common limiting beliefs that keep us stuck and how do we overcome them? Yeah, you know, I think, I mean, and I mentioned them some just like in my own life, I think the most common for most women is that in order to succeed, it has to be really hard. Like we have to suffer in order to succeed. Um, there's also a lot of scarcity mindset. Like it's not enough. There's not enough for me. If somebody else gets something, then that means something's taken away from me. Um, right. so there's, there's this scarcity idea that there's like, there's not enough money. There's not enough clients. There's not enough growth. There's not enough followers, which just is not the laws of nature is the antithesis of that. Like there it's, it's, everything is abundance that that's all that there is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another one is, um, you know, a big one is the comparison issue that we, we use, you know, we love to kind of compare and despair, <laughs> you know, we go into that cycle. Oh, that yeah. is really what I see hold a lot of people back. Imposter syndrome is another one, you know, who am I to do this? Or maybe they're going to find out that I'm not perfect. And then what's going to happen, which then leads me to the other one, which is perfectionism. So many people resist even getting started doing anything because if it's not like absolute, if they're not like an expert out the gate, like they don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And so that keeps, I think that that's probably the saddest one, because I yeah. think what happens to those people is that before they know it, they wake up one day and they're like 57 years old. And they're like, what the F just happened to my life? Mm -hmm. And they've been sitting on this book or this business or this side hustle for like 25 years. And they never got started because they were so afraid to put themselves out there. They were so afraid to hear a no. They were so afraid to get it wrong. And so it was just inaction. And I think that inaction is far worse than failure because at yeah. least if you have failure, that means that you took some kind of action and now you can learn something. So for me, I, I think that, that inaction and complacency is probably the, the, the worst because I feel 
for those people who, you know, I've even met some of them, you know, I've met women that are in their, you know, mid to to late fifties. And they're just like, man, why didn't I start earlier? Like, why didn't I believe in myself enough? Why didn't I give myself the chance to do that? And it's amazing that they're seeing it now because now they can get started. At least they're not on their deathbed thinking that, but you know, I can't help but wonder like, what if they would have gotten started sooner? Right. You know? So I think that that's, that's another thing for people. You, you stop, stop just like believing that excuse of, you know, I have to get it right before I can start, or I have to learn more before I can start, or I have to be an expert. It's like, how do you think you become an expert (laughs) by getting started and learning and growing? Mm -hmm. Um, No one's born an expert. So I think that's the biggest one. What, what propelled you to, to get started? Like what was, uh, what's like an early memory that you remember when you started with social media, you know, umpteen years ago, which is incredible to me that you've even been on social media for that long. Um, yeah. What was something that you remembered or that you did to help you just, just get started? Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember back in probably 2011, I started seeing women create blogs, you know, food blogs, fashion blogs. And I was kind of like, I was the person, like the window shopper, right? Like I would be following them on Instagram or Facebook. I would follow their blogs, but like, I didn't have the courage yet to do something like that, but I was very attracted to it. I was like, you know, we now call them content creators, but they were putting (laughs) themselves out there and they were, you know, creating content around lifestyle and home decor and food and fashion and, and motherhood. And that was probably 2011. I didn't start my blog until early 2014. So it took, wow. yeah, it took me almost two years to have the courage to finally do it. And I think at that point in my life, I had just, and I, I talk about this in the book, I was a new mom. I had moved to Los Angeles. I didn't know anyone. I felt very alone and lost. And, and it was, for me, it was a way to like connect to community. It was a way to try to find friends. It was a way to try to belong to a community and network of people. And so that the thing for me was that like, I, even though it took me a couple of years, I, I got started in January of 2014 and the place that I was, I was just like, what do I have to lose? You know, it's like, I have my job, you know, but like I can do, I can test the side hustle thing out. I'm tired of sitting around and waiting. I've been thinking about doing this for two years, so I'm just going to do it. And so I got started in early 2014. And then I think that just the, just the, the sheer framework of getting started, like I never looked back. I mean, it just kept new ideas, kept coming, Mm -hmm. uh, new desires kept coming. You know, there was always a level up and new things I wanted to try out. Same thing goes for the podcast. I remember really listening, like starting to dive in and listen to podcasts, probably about late 2015, early 2016, but I didn't start my podcast until April of 2017. So that was another like full year of me. Should I do it? Should I not do it? Is it going to be a failure? I don't know. I don't want to come across stupid. You know, it was like all of that mindset stuff. And then finally I just said, F it. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to test it out. I'm going to see what happens. Is it inappropriate to ask how old are you when you finally had this revelation? Yes. So I turned 30 in 2014. So I was 25 years old, 25, 26, when I first started following bloggers and like wanted to do it, but I didn't start my own blog until I was about 29. And then I was probably, um, 
33 when I started my podcast. Okay. So, you know, I wasn't 21. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and see, like, that's so, that's so beautiful to me. Like, it's not like you were this like young, you know, young spun chicken, like you were a mom and you, you went for it, you know? Yeah. And I'm so thankful, you know, I think back now, and there's a lot of people nowadays that, you know, all they've ever been is influencers or content creators. They've never gone into an office or into a salon. They've never worked for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, I started working when I was 16 years old. I worked at Sonic. I worked retail. I was a bartender. Like, I, I feel like everybody should be in the service-based industry, at least yes. at one point in their life. Like that should be oh a gosh, requirement yes. to living in this country. Yes, I agree. I, I loved you know, I just, I always, I always love to work. I always love the idea of, of having my own money. I always, I enjoy so Enneagram three. Yes. You know, yeah, hostessing, bartending, you know, Sonic girl. I worked retail. I, I interned, you know, I did a lot of office stuff. I mean, constantly working and having, you know, multiple jobs sometimes throughout high school and college. And, um, and then I got to work in corporate America for a little while, which I didn't like it at the time. But now that I look back, I so appreciate that I had that experience. Same thing with an agency. I, you know, I worked for a a few different agencies and then I went out on my own. And so I appreciate that. I don't think that I could have the business that I have today if all I had ever been was just a content creator. Right all those different levels of discipline and experiences and just different like types of structure. And I 100% agree um, that without like, even just like speaking to my journey, like without all the different trials and tributes that I've, I've gone through, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to make the decisions that I do. I wouldn't be able to make the decisions that I do and have the business that I do um, without any of those types of experiences. And it's, you know, people are often quick to be like, oh, you know, this is such a bad experience or this is so da da da. And it's like, well, yeah, it's only as bad as you make it though. You know, like you are in complete control. And if you, you want good, you, you can have good, you know? And um, right. you can, you can kind of, I don't want to say dictate, but you can kind of dictate how, those experiences affect you. Like either you can dwell on them or you can take those experiences that you had with corporate America or that you did with this, you know, this other company and utilize it in other ways, you know? Um, totally. My good friend, Morella, who's kind of in the back, you can kind of see her coming in and out. Um, she made, she had a really good comment. Um, we actually just launched this podcast episode today, but it's not win or lose. It's win and learn. So what did you learn from in this experience? Um, And yeah, it's really sat with me because yeah, you could be, you could dwell and, you know, not get what you want and, you know, be sad about, you know, not having any successes that you want or this, this happened to me or whatever, or you can take these experiences and you can, you can learn from them. And yeah, my, my husband, he's an actor and his thing, he always says, where were you on and where were you off? Because he learned through acting, it's oh. like when you're filming something, like there's you know you're going to be on, and then you may be off, and so it's kind of like what like where where did you win? Where did you learn? Where were you on, and where were you off? And that's where you can kind of 
get the feedback that you need to, to grow. Yeah. I, um, you kept saying complacency and comfortability earlier. And I, it like lit a fire to my ass because I, I love, I love that because I personally, I view comfortability with complacency and mm. the, the, the thing with being comfortable and being complacent doesn't allow for a lot of growth, but if you feel yes. safe, if you'll feel safe in your environment, you feel safe with yourself or safe with, you know, this idea or whatever the case may be, that's where you're able to grow. Yes, I agree with you. I think that sometimes comfort gets a bad rap. I I love being comfortable. I love the ease of comfort. I love the safety, as you mentioned, of comfort. I love the warmth that comfort can bring. But complacency to me is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to strive for that. You know, I think comfort, I think we should reclaim that, that word. I think comfortable is great but you don't want to do it to the detriment of your own growth, which is complacency, lethargy, resistance, all of those other things. Mm-hmm. And that complacency is what stops you from getting you what you want. Right. <laughs> yep. I think, I think, I don't think comfort is a form of self-sabotage. I do think complacency is. Yeah. And the only reason why I say comfortability can cause complacency is the, yeah. my initial um, analogy came from being in a relationship. Like if you get too comfortable with somebody, you can then be complacent and you don't grow like whatever. But I do believe, yes, you have to be, have some level of comfortability within yourself and within your, you know, your career to then be safe enough to grow, you know? So it's not to get those confused. Cause yeah, I guess that does come off kind of like they kind of conflict each other, but yes. And anyone who's listening, comfortability isn't necessarily a terrible thing, but be comfortable, comfortable enough to allow yourself to be safe to then to grow, not comfortable enough to be complacent and not to grow. Yes. Agreed. Um, what's, uh, how can we tap into more? Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm reading questions. <laughs> how can we tap into more conference and clarity to accomplish our goals? So with this question, what's something that you could tell, um, the people that are listening, you know, a, how can we use clarity in conference, right. To, uh, accomplish our goals and, what is something that really has resonated with you throughout your entire journey with, you know, being Julie Solomon and writing this book and having the mastermind and all of that stuff? You know, I it's think a loaded that, question. <laughs> it is. I think that with that idea of, of confidence and clarity, I, you know, a lot of people wait for the confidence before they allow themselves to get the clarity. And it's kind of what we were just talking about. Like, first I have to have confidence and then I'll start this thing that I want to do. And then that's what gives me clarity on on where to go. But it's Mm -hmm. actually the clarity that creates the confidence. It's trying something out, testing it out, getting clear on what works and what doesn't work. You know, where did you win? Where did you learn? Where were you on? Where Where were you off? And then that actually gives you the confidence to change things, tweak things, move forward. So that would be, I think, my biggest feedback from my own experience and to share that with those listening is that you, you, you don't wait to build the confidence. You start giving yourself the gift of clarity by testing different things out. And then from that, you build confidence. Wow. I like that. You kind of, you kind of stumped me on that. Like, wow. I always say uh, to my team, I can't teach confidence. You know, I, you, it's something that you, you learned. It's learned. Right. It's, but I 
I like that way better. Clarity creates confidence. Right. You learn the confidence by getting clarity and you get clarity by testing things out, by taking action, by giving it a shot, by making an offer, getting a no, learning from the no, making more offers. That's how you get the clarity. Wow. I just had like an epiphany. That's pretty dope. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. That's, I, I love that clarity, clarity. Yeah. That's, that's such a, that's exactly it. Cause you know, I, I speak to, in order to stop drowning, you have to get out of the water, right? You know, you you got to get out of the pool to stop drowning. That's where you can breathe again. That's where you're not foggy. And I never put the two and two together, that it's clarity. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. (laughs) Love that. So good. Um, well, Julie, I'm not going to hold you forever. Um, I, if there's anything else that you, you want to leave with our viewers, just talking about like getting what you want, um, your journey about the book, if there's anything else that you would like to leave for us, please, please share. Yes. Thank you. So get what you want, how to go from unseen to unstoppable is now available wherever books or audio books are sold, wherever you love to buy your books or your audible books. Um, it's really for anyone who is ready to unlock a new possibility. They're kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're, they're tired of being overwhelmed. They're tired of being stuck. They're tired of just that complacency feeling. This will help you really start to identify some of the patterns that aren't serving you well, how to get to the other side of those patterns. And then you get such a clear cut step-by-step roadmap in here of how to start taking action after what it is that you want in your business, in your life, in your family, whatever that may be. And so I would just really encourage anyone who has felt connected to any part of this conversation today to remain curious and to grab this book and let it be your guide to those next steps. And um, if you want to dive in uh, with me on more of what I do, I, the influencer podcast, I host, I, wherever you love to listen to podcasts, I drop a new episode every Wednesday. You can find me over on Instagram at Jules, J-U-L-S Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N. And then also juliesolomon.net is where you can learn more about me, my programs, my services, how I help women get what they want. Oh, thank you, Julie, so much. Guys, don't worry about trying to remember all these handles. They will be in the description below. Um, Guys, check out her podcast, check out her book, check out her page in general. Um, I know it's been incredible to actually talk to you and to, you know, share that connection with you and just kind of pick your brain. I think often we get disconnected when we don't speak. Um, so while being a part of your program, it's, it's, it kind of like solidifies everything by actually talking to you and just seeing like your actual journey and like that vulnerability, you know, like just having that vulnerability piece of it makes me feel very complete, I guess. (laughs) Um, I love that. But guys, thank you guys. Yes. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Yes. Make sure to subscribe. We are available also on your favorite podcast platforms. But this is Julie Sullivan. Get what you want. Like she said, is available um, pretty much everywhere. Um, This is your sign to get the book. This is your sign that if you're looking to take your life to the next level, like this is it. This is your, this is your manifestation power. This is the sign from the universe. There's a reason why you're listening to this podcast episode right now. It's time to get your ass in gear. Let's get motivated. Uh, but everyone, thank you so much for listening and we will see you, uh, next week, whatever week, whatever I, uh, finish, uh, upload another episode, whatever. (laughs) Bye everyone.